Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. Today, we're excited to be here with Sabrina, who is owns a company called Salt by Sabrina, and they do home organization. And it's really interesting. We learned a lot about it over the last five minutes in our pre-podcast conversation. And I'm excited for her to give us her 30-second elevator pitch on what the company is so you guys can learn all about it. And really quick, I'm so excited to learn how we can get rid of our junk drawers because we all have them. We were <laughs> talking about that before the drawers. podcast. <laughs> it's a universally relatable topic, the junk, junk drawer. Junk drawer. Ah. So welcome. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So 30 second elevator pitch on Salt by Sabrina. Salt by Sabrina is a brand new custom approach to home organization and storage. So we kind of live in this world of one size fits all. We can buy it at a big back store and it works or it doesn't, but there's not a lot of custom options. And so this is a way that you can get solutions into your home that actually work for you and your family because everybody uses their home spaces differently and everybody has different needs. And so Salt by Sabrina comes in and creates custom solutions for all of those spaces. And this is a way to actually get and stay organized. Because this is the problem is most people in the long run try to get organized, but they can't stay organized. And so we give up. And organization is so powerful because it affects all the aspects of our lives. Think about when you leave the home and how you feel if your house is under control. You act differently in that board meeting. You're more patient with your kids. So there's a real emotional uh, component to organization. And by having the right products and the right solutions, that makes all the difference. I'm I'm really good at like organizing things. I'm not good at staying organized. So like <laughs> yeah. I'll like like I'll organize my dresser, my closet or whatever, and it will slowly just like one Did piece gets out of place. And then, <laughs> yep. and then all of a sudden I'm like, what is this chaos I have been living in? <laughs> exactly. Well and I, I love what you said. What resonated with me, Sabrina, is the fact where it affects all aspects of your life. You feel better about everything. I think you feel more in control. You think you've got things, you know, at least, you know, in um in control, I guess is the uh, you know the same way to say that. But I I think of when we leave on a trip, and every time without fail, this makes me nuts. And I love my wife Emily like crazy. But the house has got to be clean. We got to have all the dishes done. Everything has to be like picture perfect, as if we're gonna list our house for sale before we can leave on vacation. Because she wants to come home to everything done and organized every time. I'm laughing so, because there's something me. about that. This is this is exactly what I do. Okay. Because it does make a difference in the way that you feel. I I really think it empowers you because when you have something under, there's so much we can't control. The world is chaos. It's always moving towards entropy. This is why your junk drawer ends up back a junk drawer. But a lot of it is we don't have the right solutions in place to help us be successful, and that's where our product line comes in because it's a completely different approach to this. And then we feel that payoff of, you know, now we've put in the time to get organized and we're actually going to see that work in the long term. Hmm. So I have, I have kids on both sides. Like one kid is just probably the messiest, like her room's a disaster. (laughs) The the slob, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, how do you live like this? And then I have one that's just like, everything's organized, neat. So when you were a kid, Did this company come out of like because you had to have it in order to stay organized or were you the one that was like everything was in its right place? (laughs) 
Yeah. So I grew up in a very clean home. My mom was extremely neat. Martha Stewart. Yeah. I would say a little probably like me obsessive about it. Um, We joke because she used to vacuum the carpet lines. Like if we would walk on the carpet and there was footprints, she would come behind us and vacuum the footprints. (laughs) And so we learned to actually jump over the carpet because we didn't (laughs) want to make more work for her. That's funny. So I definitely, but it's interesting because my, one of my sisters, her room was always a train wreck. And I would laugh on Saturday when my friends, because their parents would say, hey, you got to clean your room before you can go hang out. Well, my room was always just clean. That was just my personality. It didn't occur to me to not have those spaces. And I think it was just sort of an innate feeling like I need this order in my life to kind of handle all the other things coming at me. Mm. And then that really played into the start of Salt by Sabrina because we built our home and moved in March of 2020. So here's the entrance of COVID, the entire world shut down. We moved into our home the day they announced that schools were shutting down. So I have my four kids. They're all looking at me with this state of panic on their face. And I don't really have answers for what's going on. I'm feeling that same panic. And I had boxes piled, you know, five feet high in my kitchen and there was all this chaos. So I spent the next six days working around the clock. I slept about three hours a night just unpacking and organizing our home. And what happened was as each room came together, as each space became organized, there was a feeling, a tangible change that happened. And I could feel the difference in my family, the way we Mm. felt. It became kind of this safe haven from everything that was going on outside of our door. And that's sort of become representative of, of this idea of organization, of all these things we can't control and and everything happening to us all the time, this is something that we can proactively take control of that almost represents what we're capable of. So think of like the Instagram, you know, like when people show the beautiful picture and then they pull back and you see the chaos behind the scenes. When we get that chaos under control, when we get that junk drawer under control, we feel differently. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge impact. It's so much more than just organization or a clean house. So fascinating you say that. I mean, I think it's something we don't really like pay attention to or don't really consciously think of that. I mean, subconsciously it's there. And when things are a mess, we're stressed. But then when things are organized, like you said, it just, you just feel better. Like that after that spring cleaning, when you get rid of all that stuff and you take the load to, you know, the charity of choice, the DI or wherever, you just feel so much better, right? Well, you feel a weight lift. Yeah, you do. It's physical. It's very interesting. Um, I, it reminds me of a, of a time when we were moving into our house in St. George. This was years ago. Our kids were just little and we moved into the house and there was no fridge. Um, we had miscommunication had happened. It wasn't going to be delivered for two days after we moved in. And my daughter, who was my oldest, who was, I think three at the time, that was so stressful for her not to have a fridge because there was no food in the house. And so we had to go out for a few days, you know, for all of our meals. And, um, to this day, like, not that she still has like PTSD from that, but you can tell like it, it was a concern for her, right? And she wants to make sure that things are good and organized in the fridge. Interesting, huh? I don't, I, it's, I, I had never thought of this. This is kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it, it sort of plays into this overall emotional health, right? Like if we can, if we have security in certain things, if we have stability in certain areas, that bleeds through to everything yeah. that we do. And I think your example is is so relevant. You know, anytime there's like a disruption to our systems, 
there's sort of like chaos that ensues. Yeah. So having, you know, the ability to keep something in order, especially our home spaces, I think what COVID taught us is we spend time at home in a way that we never have before and how important it is to have that order and that safety in those spaces. Yeah. So you recognize this problem in 2020 and obviously there was like some moment where you were like, there's got to be a company that can solve this problem or I could solve this problem. So to walk us through that journey. Yeah. So it was kind of an interesting way that this all evolved because I had actually been a photographer for 16 years working in commercial photography. Okay. And so I have a background in all of this and marketing and what I had realized is I'm a mom of four, so it's hard to be limited by the hours in the day. And and this wasn't scalable. And so I had written down a goal in February of 2020, so before I knew what was coming down the pipeline, that I wanted to start a business. And I had no idea Ooh. what that business was going to be. But I wrote down a lot of really bad ideas. And I still have the notepad. Save the list. Yeah. Save the list. So I could always remind myself of where I came from. But... Um, and then COVID hit and I kind of just, that sort of left my mind for a while, but as I was organizing the house, so as I was going through this process and kind of understanding the power of organization, I was always, I was also super frustrated by the product offering on the market. Um, I had lots of different size drawers, cabinets, closets, and nothing fit, nothing worked well. And even the quality of a lot of the products, it would kind of shed and break down, you know, you've got the rubber, the bamboo, the wood, none of it works well. And a lot of opportunity for bacteria in places you're keeping your toothbrush and silverware. And so I just started Googling. I'm like, there's got to be something out there. Amazon. Yeah. I checked on Amazon, all mm -hmm. uh, Target, all the places, and there just was nothing that works super well. And so it was kind of initially, I was just thinking about making these for myself. And my husband happened to know a manufacturer and we started chatting and in the beginning, you know, it's really tricky to talk people into making a one-off product. In a world where we talk about minimum order quantities, nobody wants to talk. Hundreds of units, right? Hundreds, thousands. thousands. Yeah, yeah, you know, thousands. injection moldings are $50,000 a pop. So you can't make a single product off that. Um, so really, truly, it's actually extraordinary that we sit here today and there is a product offering where I can custom make a drawer organizer for you as a one-off product. And anything we don't have, we'll actually custom design for you with our Salt Select service. So it's, it. I, I mean, I think back to when we moved in, if this had been available, I mean, it just would have been a complete game changer. And save time and money. Because I think about how many products I purchased that didn't work, that I ended up, you know, donating or getting rid of, you know, to buy something once and have it work and keep me organized. I mean, I'm three years later and still organized. My junk drawer is still organized. And my kids put things away in the right place. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all it all started. Does it really qualify as a junk drawer if everything's where it should be? Um, I actually call <laughs> I don't it think so. a utility drawer because <laughs> I feel like junk drawer is it just doesn't work for Bad. me. Bad. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's hilarious. So customize. How do you scale that? How do you make that? big you know how do you do that it's actually this i mean what we built on the back end is is really quite robust and and very um intense but what's great is the customer facing side is so simple 
So for example, if you wanted to change your junk drawer, transform it into a utility drawer, then all you do is measure the length, the width, and the height. You enter those three measurements, and we actually just have you round down to the nearest half inch measurement. Because I wanted it to be super easy, like you could eyeball it. You didn't have to sit there and go, is that five sixteenths? Like it's gotta be easy. We gotta be able to do it in less than five minutes. So you put in your three measurements and that's it. We manufacture it, we ship it to your drawer, you install it cool. six to eight weeks later. Cool. So yeah, this it's kind of a great. I know. Kelsey, <laughs> I'm, stop I'm, listening I'm right thinking, now. <laughs> yes. We're going to have to talk about coupons and things you have later on. Discounts, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, use yeah. our welcome to salt discount. <laughs> Where does the name salt come from? I'm just curious. How did you get to that branding for this? That's a great question. It's not, a, it's not really intuitive, you know? No. Um, when I was kind of thinking about what this company represented, what I loved about salt is that it's clean, it's natural, and enhances everything you add it to. Oh, interesting. So I love that it like brings out the flavor, you oh, know, it's it, because that's really what we're doing. We're, we're taking what you already have and we're enhancing it. And everybody uses their home in a little bit different way. So I love that like if you're cooking, you know, any kind of dish, the salt will bring out whatever the individual flavor is, whether it's Chinese or Mexican or American food, it's enhancing what you have. And that's what we try to do here at Salt is take your home and your space and enhance it so it works for you. So uh, I the pictures on your website are incredible. Yeah. So it makes sense that you were a commercial <laughs> yeah. photographer for a while because yeah. it's just very clean and Airbnb it's done really, it's really well. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We actually, this is one of the things that I had to outsource um, because I could not do all the things. Right. And I have a great, fantastic photographer, Allison Nickham. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, we work collaboratively to make sure the coloring, like I'm very particular about that. And, and she does such a great job and we have such a good relationship that that has, it's been nice because I think our brand is more elevated, um, visually than a young brand yeah. typically is. It looks like you've been around for a really, really long time. Yeah, it's really professional. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. My definitely, I think some of the pieces from my marketing background and background in photography have played into what we've been able to build here at Salt. Cool. So you, were you doing commercial photography for yourself or what? were you working for a company or what, what was that? So I worked for multiple brands. Okay. Um, so they would just hire me and, you know, sometimes I'd work for a brand for a year and just kind of work with them exclusively. And sometimes I'd work with multiple brands. I worked with several here in Utah. Okay. So you were an entrepreneur even before this. So this like this step your into, first rodeo. this might be your first product company, but yeah. step into entrepreneurship, it wasn't that giant of a leap. Yeah, it was, I mean, because I had sort of had my own business, I've had to, you know, use QuickBooks and things like that, but this is definitely on a different scale. I mean, manufacturing, sourcing, sourcing, legal, stuff, yeah. you know, just, I mean, there's so many facets, this insurance, patents. international shipping, patents. Patented? Yep. Okay. Um, our drawer dividers and expandable organizers are all patented. And so, yeah, there was so much that I had to wrap my head around and I made a lot of mistakes. I would say le learning. You're supposed to, that's yeah. the entrepreneurship, right? Yes. If you don't, we're worried about you. Yeah, And absolutely. you wouldn't have any fun stories if you didn't make <laughs> mistakes. Right? Yeah. I mean, I wish I had less incidences of <laughs> crying in my closet over some of the mistakes, but At yeah. Midnight? The Midnight Founders podcast, right? Yes. No, really. You know, I love some, I loved your name because I'm like, oh, that is, it just 
encapsulates what it's cool. like to be an entrepreneur. Nailed it. We it, get it's it like, a lot. <laughs> I remember when we were launching the website, I don't think I slept that night. I think I went all the way till 5 a.m. And I was just updating imagery and, and making sure product tags like and everything. And, and yeah. just, yeah, I mean, it really is truly the midnight, the midnight oil here, Vernon. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So let's hear a story. Let's hear one of these moments where you were like, oh my gosh. It can be happening? funny. It can be yeah. a meltdown story. She said she's got a bunch of whatever. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one of my first, my first huge mistake that I made. And then I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple, but um, one story is actually a mistake that turned into an opportunity, which I think really is true of a lot of mistakes. So I, I don't ever love to sort of name things a mistake because I think you learn and grow from those. But this one was probably truly a mistake. <laughs> um, so initially, uh, I was so careful. I'm very OCD. So my budgeting is is very intentional. We wouldn't imagine that at all, right? <laughs> I know. It's so out, out left field here. <laughs> but when I put together all of our projections and our initial budgets and everything that we need to get off the ground to get our first batch of product in stock, to get the website launched, I did not account for the Trump tariffs. I just missed it. And oh, I coming mean, from China? Coming, yeah, because okay. when you're importing from yeah. overseas, you have to account for those. Yeah. And it was $100,000. And I remember getting that phone call and just like, I mean, you know, like, oh. you're going to throw up, just sick. Oh, just, no. And they won't release it until they're paid, right? No, Stuck in the yeah. port, no. Right? And it just, it wasn't in the budget. And uh. I just thought, oh my gosh, we're done. And I haven't even gotten my first product in the country and all the money I'd invested all the time, it was over. And so, you know, I had myself a good cry about it and just in my closet and just kind of, you know, and then, you know, you kind of beat yourself up. You're like, well, I'm naive. I don't know how to do this, but, but really I think the key to business success, it's just grit and problem solving. Every time something comes up, you really just have to work through it and so many companies I've talked to, they just say, if you can get to five years, you're good. Like you just have to work through those issues. You have to, so that we have this issue and we had to go find funding and we did, and you know, we circumvented it and we made it work. And then we made some accommodations other places and cut budgets and, you know, and, and then you go, okay, what's the next thing? And, and one other thing that we did kind of around the same time was this was during the COVID panic you know, of 2021, of where you couldn't get products. There was 100 container ships stuck in Long Beach Harbor. So companies worldwide were over-ordering product because we were panicked about not having it in stock. And then me as a brand new entrepreneur, not really understanding how long it would take to get people to really buy our product and understand it and trust our brand, I way overbought. And so we had all this product sitting in inventory and of course cash is tied up in inventory. And so I'm just like, oh my goodness, what did I do? This Buy is just, or sell. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's <laughs> just, this is a rookie mistake. We got to liquidate this. But because of that, I just got really bold and I went out and I started cold calling and just getting it out there. And we, we did a deal with TJ Maxx in January and uh, got our products in stores, and we were actually on our fourth deal with them. Wow! Um, and Congrats. so it's turned. Thank you. And so this, this, um, and they've just been 
if anybody that's worked with TJ Maxx, they are fantastic. Their operations is so smooth. They're such a great company. Um, and, and then we actually just in May, we launched our line with down East home. Um, and then gatehouse actually just is going to be launching us in July. So congrats. That's really cool. Those are big customers. Those are big brands. It's, it's just been an amazing thing where I think, you know, so often as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to give up and just go, it's just too hard because it is so hard. It takes everything you have and then some. But if you will problem solve and you will just get gritty and work through the problem, these opportunities come. And then all of a sudden your company is in a direction that you never really anticipated it could go. That's awesome. Man, that's incredible. You just cold called these companies like you just were like looked up the phone number for the TJ Maxx buyer and just called them. Um, yes. Well, and then my uh, chief operations officer, he was emailing, like trying to kind of network into getting in touch with buyers. And um, we, I knew the Maloof Foundation, which had purchased Down East. And so I networked in, but it took, I mean, you know, these things take probably six months. And then once you get a conversation started, it's a whole nother batch of talks and time, but each one of them has turned into an amazing, unique opportunity. And we've heard those stories time and time again about how important it is to like build that network. And and even if you get a no that first time, just like using other avenues or figuring out another solution to get into those conversations. Absolutely. And I think what surprised me is how willing people are to help you. Because if you, especially if you go in with sort of this attitude of, hey, we're learning who our brand is and we want to serve you the best way possible. What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. And when we approach cabinet manufacturers like that, they're like, oh my goodness, let me tell you what I would love from you. And then it's almost like we create this business model just for them. Together. Where we, oh yes, together collaboratively and it opens up a brand new vertical for us. Um, one thing that we actually just barely launched is our dental line. And um, it's we I, I have a friend who's a dentist, and as I started this company, he we talked, he's like, there's a whole application for dental and orthodontic. So we've done we've now done dental and orthodontic op- uh, offices, and then we're actually partnering with a major dental distributor that that's going to be launching later this year. Um, to start breaking into the dental space as well. Cool. That's a great industry. Yeah. And a lot of times those just come out from if you're willing to have conversations, talk, explore different verticals, and and really kind of come in with that like open mind of what you can do. But then sort of also keeping that that Steve Jobs mentality in the back of your mind of don't try to do everything. Try to do what you do well. But if it's within your home base, pursue those opportunities. The thought that's crossing my mind um, as you're talking, Sabrina, is the importance of having that founding team, you know, or the founder, founders, whatever the case may be for whatever company, versus the scaling team that comes in later after everything's figured out and they scale the company, right? And oftentimes what what we've learned at RevRoad is those are two different teams. They can, there can be some overlap, but because the skill sets are so important with each different team, they're oftentimes different. And companies have a hard time transitioning from that founding team, the gritty team that makes things happen, to the scaling team. 
right? Yeah, it's so interesting that you bring that up because this has been something that's been very top of mind for me the last probably six months is mm. we are kind of at that point where we have all the pieces and even our manufacturing team is ready to scale. And But I don't have the background or the expertise to do that. And that's where I'm you know, starting to have those, those conversations of, is it time to bring in a partner? And I think, again, that's looking at each thing as, as a problem solved. So what's the problem we're facing now? What are we ready for? And let's bring in the right people to do that. Because when you have a good team, there's nothing you can't do. Correct. And it's also okay to say, I know what I don't know. This is something I don't know. I don't know how to do the next step. I know who we are as a brand, but I need help to get to the next step. And a lot of times the companies are more successful because of it and quicker. Bingo. That's exactly right. Like it's better for the company to have that mentality than think, well, I'll just go learn it and figure it out. Cause that's not what's best for the company typically. And typically you'll waste a lot of time and resources doing mm -hmm. that. And so if you want to get to that step quicker, bring in those experts um, it was interesting because I met with um, one of the founders of Kickstarter right at the very beginning. And his advice to me was just keep your equity. It's so sacred. Like, do not give your equity away. But I think that's true to a point. Mm -hmm. And then when you hit that point where you're ready to scale, that's a really great strate strategic time to look at, at leveraging that equity because now the concept's been proven out. And now you can say, okay, let's bring in this team. Let's scale it. We're all going to win big together. Yeah. In a smart way. Yes. And you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're not devaluing that equity because that's the most expensive type of um, valuation there is or, 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 or compensation if you're recruiting team members, right? But, or getting money, but um, you're thinking about it the right way, hundred percent, because that's the way you should do it, right? You've got plenty of equity now and now it's, let's put it to use to help grow the company quickly. I just think that your approach is really smart too, because yeah. a lot of people, um, like when you talk about the problem that the business is facing, you're like, I don't know how to grow it to this next level. Well, growing it to the next level is a really ambiguous, like neb nebulous idea, right? Like, but you're saying there's specific things that we need to address in order to grow to the next level. And how do we address that issue? And I think that that's an entirely different conversation than, Hey, we need to grow the company to the next yeah. level, or, Hey, we need to figure out how to dial in this piece of the manufacturing puzzle. And answering that question, you can get the right person on the team to answer that question. Whereas like saying, Hey, we need to hire somebody that can grow us to the next level. Like that's a really hard hire, you know? So I, I love that approach. And I think that's really good. Uh, yeah. a really good point to make that, you know, that you're, you're dialing down on what the specific issues are your company has before you're making those decisions. Yeah. And I also love Sabrina that you're humble enough that you can see that and you're willing to, you know, be open to that and address that. Um, not all founders have that same <laughs> characteristic or virtue. So that's, that's kudos to you for, for doing that and looking at it that way. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I actually, um, one of our, you know, early, early hires. Um, he was the one that really pushed that. He said, let's just ask for help. And, and I so appreciate that about him because that really changed my perspective. Cause sometimes you don't want to seem weak, like you don't know what you're doing, but it's that approach of, you know, Hey, we would love to 
give you the best product we can, how, what does that look like for you? And then I think from a customer experience standpoint, it really improves the customer experience. So one thing that we've trained our customer service team on is, is asking questions to our customers. What can we do to improve the process? You know, even if they're asking us about something totally different, taking that advantage of that conversation and that dialogue to say, when you ordered your organizer, was there anything we could have streamlined? And then those are helping dictate those upgrades and changes that we're making to our process. Um, but I love like what you were saying about, you know, just the granular approach, looking at specific needs rather than sort of this ambiguous overall, okay, we need to grow. We need to hit this target and revenue. Well, what are the specific ways that we can do that is really powerful in giving you direction. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job with that. Same. Um, okay. How are you balancing all of this <laughs> and four kids at home? So the answer is I'm not. (laughs) You're like, what does work-life balance? What does that even mean, right? Uh, Yeah, you know, this one is, I would say, an ever-evolving thing. Um, One, you know, as an entrepreneur and, you know, we say midnight founders, it really is that, you know, it's, it's all hours. But what I've had to do is figure out, you know, some limits. For example, at six o'clock, I turn it off and from six to 10 is like my time with my kids. And I really, and I even, I have a setting on my phone. I love the Apple settings where you can put it. So it, you know, it says personal time. So I don't even get those work notifications. And then my employees know if there's like an emergency website goes down just to text me directly. Um, and then I can deal with those, but it allows my mind when I'm not seeing Shopify updates and things like that, to just breathe because you don't even realize just having the notifications pop up of like there's an email or there's a sale that is taking away your brain space and it's taking away the focus from where it needs to be, which is on your family. And then also yourself being able to like just recover and recuperate. And a lot of times I do hop on again after my kids are in bed because there's projects I can't get done and things that ultimately as the founder, the buck stops with me and they have to be done and so a lot of times I'm the one, well, all the time making that sacrifice. And my team's amazing. They, they do such a heavy lift as well. Um, but the other thing I've done with my kids is I've really involved them in the process. So, um, so when the kids get home from school, kind of that three to five, I'm, I actually work at the kitchen counter on my computer. And so that way I can help them with homework while I'm working. And it's not as efficient as I would love. And there's some start stop to it. But the kids will ask about, what are you working on, mom? And what's the new product release this month? And I think it's been so powerful for them to see the process from start to finish of building a company and a brand and what it really takes. And I've seen the dialogue in my kids change where they talk about their companies and especially my girls, what they're going to do and what they're going to build. And I've seen their confidence rise and it's, it's been an amazing process to have kind of the family involved. So that's powerful. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I love that statement. But I also think that, uh, the first point you made, you've salted your life. Like you've organized your time. So like, you know, that six to 10 is carved out, it's separated and it's for family. And then the other time during the day, you've organized it just like you're organizing kitchens. Yeah. And then I think the other thing is for a minute, and sometimes this happens and you have to go with it, is you lose a lot of the things that you really enjoy. I'm a big recreational tennis player. 
and I love to run and just be very active. And I kind of lost that for a little while, just time constraints. And so I've slowly been adding that back in a little bit, just making sure that even just once a week that I have that time for myself. And so I think it's important. There are going to be times where it's going to be 24 seven and you just kind of got to dig in and get it done. But when you can bring those things back in, it also gives you that perspective of this isn't everything. Because if it's everything, you're not going to make it. It's too much and it will crush you. Because there's going to be times when everything goes sideways. And if you have other things that matter, your family, things that you love to do, it's going to help you balance and maintain that perspective. It's a really good point. I, you would have loved the um, podcast with Amelia Wilcox. Yeah. I keep thinking about that. Um, I don't know if you know her, Navadi, um, but she helps. Um, she's uh, a fantastic uh, female founder like yourself, and she has taken her product out to companies across the nation and helped them find that work-life balance and, and helping them you know, learn how to breathe and, 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 and focus on the things that make them happy, um, all while getting you know, more work done because they're more productive. And um, post-COVID, it's been more helpful than ever because a lot of folks are struggling with that. So, I think there's so much stress that we don't even really understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talked about the notifications on your phone. Think about how many you get during the day and how much stress that brings. And so even decluttering our phones, right? Like filtering out some of that. So we filter out our junk drawers. We filter out our closets. Mm -hmm. But filtering out just the inputs coming in, taking time to breathe, Those things are so valuable. And I think that's, for me, what organization really boils down to. I'm not a sentimentalist. Like, I don't keep stuff. Each kid gets one box. (laughs) That's it. That's all my husband and I have. (laughs) And it's, But it's like you're weighed down. I mean, you think about – I love the minimalist podcast. I don't know if you guys listen to them. But they, you know, they're always talking about kind of that weight that we carry. And the more that we can lift – just the better we feel and the more we're able to deal with what we have, you know, just day to day. We take pictures of all of our, like the three-year-old or, or you know, our five-year-old will bring home art. They're like, this is Picasso. This is the next Picasso. <laughs> I'm like, well, we're going to take a picture of it and then we're going to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> when you're not looking after you're in bed. They know now. They know. They're like, where's that piece of art that I drew 10 years ago? And I'm like, there's a picture on my phone somewhere of it. So. I actually love that idea <laughs> and just having an album of that because yeah. then you can send them with it, but it's yeah. not more stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they have to manage and carry. And yeah, So we, I've got hundreds of pictures on my phone. <laughs> I love that. We don't have a drawer full of art from when they were five. That's, that's a good point. All of this is just so uh, enlightening because you, you do these things, again, um, subconsciously, but it's actually making a big difference. Like the other day, I just took five minutes, maybe it was 10 I, I hate that notification when your voicemail box is almost full, 98% full. I'm like, ah, again. So you go through and you just delete all the messages. And once they're gone, you're like, ah, that feels so much better. Yeah. You, you feel know? like you can breathe. Yeah. Well, and I think about, you know, one of my favorite things to say is if you put it in a bin in a closet, you might as well have thrown it away because <laughs> it doesn't exist. Yep. And so I'm a big believer in clear, which is one of the reasons our product is acrylic because it's clear because you can see what you have. Mm-hmm. And you think about how much time we spend maintaining what we have, um, how many times we rebuy what we already have because it's easier to buy it on Amazon than actually go find it. And if, you know, by being able to see what we have and have less, 
it, the weight is so much less, the time is so much less. So we're saving time, money, all these incredibly valuable resources just by being organized. My, uh, my grandpa built cabinets and he passed away probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. And, uh, when we cleaned out his shop, um, I bet you we found no less than 200 three sixteenths drill bits. And there was oh just my gosh, like that's gotta be buckets <laughs> and buckets of, cause you use three sixteenths to drill For like all, all kinds of holes. Yeah, right? right. So, so he's going to ACE hardware yeah, every time he, he needs one. Buys five another of them. one. I can't find and then it. They end up in a bucket and then he bought five more. And I was like, we were laughing about it. Cause it was like, seriously, like a five gallon bucket full of three sixteenths drill bits. Like all the exact, my dad will never have to buy a three sixteenths drill bit. <laughs> and you know, we again. all have our own version of the three sixteenths drill yeah, bit, whatever that sure. one item is that we have to have, whether it's, scissors yeah. or in yeah. fact I was cell at, phone cords yes I chargers yeah. yeah absolutely Apple solved that problem for us we don't get them anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wireless charging yep. <laughs> well what what um I mean this is all great information so what advice would you give other entrepreneurs now having gone through it yourself I think you know this kind of speaks to my organizational mindset but one of the things that I do think I did well was I was very organized from the get-go from an operational standpoint. So before we launched, I mean, the website was completely nails. We had a plan for social media, how we were going to attack that. Um our legal patents, um our Prop 65 certification, which means that all of our products are chemical free. That was really important to me. Um you know, product testing, all of those things, the more that you can have in place before you launch is incredible. Because when you launch, there's going to be all these things coming at you from every direction and you're going to be learning really fast. So if you can kind of know that insurance is dialed in, that you have a good accounting practice, um, I would highly recommend hiring an accountant before you launch rather than calling them a year later to clean up the mess. Um, and then, you know, you're in compliance too, you know, because especially if you're selling in multiple States, there's tax thresholds, there's things to just be aware of that an accountant can really help you with. Um, and I would say you're, and they like it and oftentimes yes, they're we good don't at it. like it. <laughs> well, and I will right. say from a banking standpoint, like when I'm looking at company financials, it's very clear companies that do have somebody that understands the financials and don't, when I see like. $500,000 in an account that says, ask my accountant. It's like a nightmare for <laughs> That's me. That's a red flag. <laughs> Absolutely. Denied. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Well, and when you open up as a vendor, like one of the things that we're doing right now is we're going to become a vendor for a distributor. And so like some of the things they ask you for are your, you know, accounting practices, your insurance certificates, all of those things. So the more that you have in place, the more opportunities you have to grow and scale quickly. Um, but anytime you have to go back and clean up a mess, it's just more difficult. So I would say that's like my number one advice is to just get those core operational pieces. And either if you're doing it yourself or if you're hiring somebody, I hired um, a consultant who actually we ended up just hiring on because he's amazing. Um, but hiring a really good operations person will make all the difference. Hmm. Very cool. So what's next? So many things. Um, yeah, so we're just kind of at this key juncture where we're looking at this commercial expansion. So looking into our dental and um, orthodontic spaces, as well as partnering with um, actual cabinet manufacturers. Uh, we already work with quite a few builders and, and you know, designers and things like that. 
and then really growing and scaling our direct consumer. We're looking at opening US-based manufacturing, hopefully within the next year, but we've actually been able, the peak slow time during COVID, we were like 12 to 16 weeks delivery, which was just too slow. Um, it just didn't work. So we have dropped that. We're, we're averaging about just a little bit less than seven weeks. So six to eight weeks right now. Um, but our last couple batches were 6.7. <laughs> so we're always tracking that and making sure that we're approving the customer experience. We actually have a website refresh we're launching um, for our birthday month in August, a couple new uh, product launches that we've got in August and September. So we have quite a few things on the horizon. And, and we're actually just kind of at that point where we're ready to scale. So we're looking to potentially look for investment and bring on some, some partners to help us do that. That's really exciting. We're so excited to have a conversation after this with Rev Red. That's going to be great. Yeah, we'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. What um, I, my The question that's kind of rolling around in my brain right now is w with such a customized and unique SKU set, because I think you know most of your products are so unique and different, right? What is your most popular seller or the number one item that's ordered the most? So our line of custom drawer organizers is by far, I mean, I would say it's like 80, 20, it, mm. it's 80% of our business is the custom organizers. And, mm. and it's interesting because we're actually ranked number one on Google for custom drawer organizer. And we were able to get to that spot within six months. And I think it just really speaks to the relevance of our product and how many people were looking for it and searching for it and then purchasing. Um, but we actually have an entire line uh, our drawer dividers. So they're all, and all of our stuff is premium acrylic. So what you need to know about premium acrylic is there's no additives to it. So it's actually quite dense and hard and it's crystal clear like glass. So this is not the same acrylic that you're seeing when you order something on Amazon. Like this is, this is a high quality acrylic. And so because if you drop it, it doesn't shatter or break or anything. It just you'd have bounces to, almost. I was going to say you'd have to really, I, if you hit it against your drywall, it's probably going to dent your drywall. So this mm. is a very, and you can feel the weight of it when you pull it out of the box. Um, the other thing about it is it's naturally antimicrobial. So we talked briefly on this, but you know, when you're putting silverware and a toothbrush, hairbrush, things like that, you really don't want to be putting them in wood or bamboo or rubber because these materials break down over time and bacteria get stuck in those. So they're really not sanitary. And then you think about a dental office. You don't want dental tools in any of those products. You really want those to be in these, these beautiful premium acrylic organizers. Um, so our drawer dividers actually just expand out. But one of the things that's unique is we offer a six inch drawer divider, six inch tall. So for those deep drawers where you're looking to store Tupperware, pots and pans, sweaters, denim, these are a fantastic option. And they come in a two, four and six inch height. Then we have our expandable line, which is also a patented design. And what's unique about these is when you buy, you know, your regular organizer, it only fits a small percentage of the drawer. So the idea with this is that we utilize every square inch, but have a standard option that you could get in two to three days. So we actually have these sliders that come out and connect to the size of your drawer, which create compartments around the organizer. So we're actually using all the space in your drawer and compartmentalizing it so there's no wasted space. And people complain about not having enough space in their home. Well, a lot of times it's because we're not using it efficiently. So if we have a deep drawer and you're only using the bottom quarter or it's a dumping ground, you're not using that space efficiently. 
when we put a deep drawer organizer in that, which we're the only company that manufactures a deep drawer organizer, then that becomes compartmentalized. You can get rid of packaging. You can fit more in the same space. And all of these work seamlessly together. So no matter what drawer organizer solution you're looking for, you'll find it in our line. And then we also have an entire line of baskets and storage boxes that are all um, sustainably sourced. They're chemical-free, they're hand-woven, and they're all made from real uh, cotton and fabrics. So that's kind of the the line. (laughs) Out of everything. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because when I would buy storage baskets or bins, I would get frustrated that they didn't fit our shelves. And really what happens is they're reverse engineering a 40 foot container to fit the most product. And that's why you'll see like nine and five sixteenths for the length of a basket. But all of ours, you can see are 12, 14, 16 inches because they're designed to fit a standard size shelf. Mm. So again, we're helping you maximize that storage space in your home. Smart. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, you're a really impressive entrepreneur, so thank you for joining us today. And I, I think you've shared some really great insights. I've learned a lot. And uh, usually at the end, we, we kind of open it up to you. If there's anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't address, um, the floor is yours. Yeah, there's, there's one thing I'll add, which is um, we believe really strongly that life is most impactful when giving back. And so one of the things that I did at SALT is – I wanted to be somebody that could make an impact and I didn't really want to wait 10 years until the company was successful and we could write that million dollar check. And so what I did was from day one, we built into the financial model that for every custom product sold, we would donate a dollar. And so um, we actually partnered with America's kids belong um, initially, which was, is an organization dedicated to eradicating foster care in the United States. Fantastic organization. And then we just most recently partnered with Maloof's um, Rooms Restored program. And what they do is they help victims of child abuse remake their home spaces because a lot of time, 80% of the time, abuse happens in the home. And so those spaces can be very traumatic. So by remaking those spaces, they help these children heal from the trauma that they've suffered. And we're, we're so excited to be partnered with them and, and that, um, I remember the very first check I wrote was for $80 and there were some tears and it was a pretty special moment for me to, to just be able to have even the tiniest impact to start. And then as we've grown, we've seen that impact scale. And so, um, anytime you purchase a custom product from us, then those donations are immediately sent to, um, these organizations that we've partnered with. That's so cool, Sabrina. And I love how it's on brand with your product too you know, helping remake rooms, you know, for kids that have suffered those trauma. And that's very much in line with organizing, organizing your life. You know, I love that. Yeah. We've started, we've, we've worked to find things that fit the home space, um, and that kind of dovetail with our mission. Um, but actually part of it too, is I want to inspire other entrepreneurs to look at what they're doing well and how they can have an impact in the nonprofit space. So it doesn't have to be this traditional, just write a check, but it can be utilizing what you do to grow and scale and then empowering nonprofits. Because imagine if nonprofits didn't have to go out and fundraise. They could spend all of that time actually doing what we want them to do and you know, doing good. And so by providing them these funds and it's reoccurring revenue because they're getting revenue each time we are. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a new model for donating to nonprofits. Awesome. I love that you didn't wait. Awesome. You just, you were, you know, because 
you want to give back and you're like, oh, when we're successful, we'll give back. But I, I love that you didn't wait. I love that you started with your first, your $80 check. That's so awesome. <laughs> My little check. But it was very emotional and very, uh, yeah, it's, it's a moment I won't forget. Hopefully you didn't save a copy. You just took a picture. I <laughs> should have. I totally <laughs> forgot. I totally forgot. <laughs> but I remember it's writing it and how much it was. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever forget that. <laughs> Sabrina, how can people find you? Uh, saltbysabrina.com and then we're saltbysabrina on all the social platforms and we love to have people you know follow us join our community we try to share more than just products but also lifestyle organization Um, and then if they sign up for email and sms they can get fifty dollars off their first order there we go that's the discount we're looking for yes yes there you go there's your (laughs) discount (laughs) for all those listeners there you go that's your kelsey (laughs) yeah I actually think we already have one. As you've been talking, I was like, I'm pretty sure we have one in one of our kitchen drawers already. So oh, that's awesome. I love it. Well, if she hasn't signed up for SMS. She can still get okay. that discount. Yeah, we still get the discount or so, yes. second order. It's a pop-up. It. Sabrina, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'd love to check back in. And, and thank you for what you guys are doing. I love the messages you guys are sharing from all these wonderful entrepreneurs. Cool. Take care. See ya. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.